Hello, welcome to the Resistance Rewind, a podcast that rewinds and reviews films of the past but keeps its feet firmly planted in the current events of today. I am Chad Franks, and today with me is Anthony Prince. He is actually a pastor at my church, uh, but more importantly, um, as you'll come to know um, that is relevant to this podcast, he is a bona fide Star Wars fan and a good friend. Uh, Thank you so much, Anthony, for joining the Resistance. Good to be here. Thanks for bringing me on. Of course, man, of course. Um, So today, um, just a reminder of what we do here on the Resistance Rewind, uh, we review older movies. that are no longer in theaters to discuss their relevance or lack thereof in today's social climate. And today we're going to unwind and uh, rewind and review Rogue One. Um, it's a lot of R's right there. I'm <laughs> struggling with that. But yeah, so this is one, actually, I'm really excited to tackle this one with you, Anthony, because this is the movie that actually inspired this podcast. I was watching this movie. Um, it was the end of 2016. The election had just happened. Um, I know me and a lot of other people were kind of reeling from that. I think even if you, like, weren't even a Hillary supporter, I think there were a lot of people, I think, that were... You know, like, it was just such an ugly election, and, like, a lot of ugly things came out. And so this movie came out, like, right after that, and I was really not high on hope. I was really not high on, like, uh, you know, they just, I kind of felt a little, like, you know, like, just kicked in the gut a little bit. Yeah, you know? yeah, that and, sounds right. Yeah, yeah, and this one really, uh, the movie kind of just, like, got me excited again. Not just for Star Wars, because this hmm. is a really good Star Wars movie, but it got me, like, you know what, though? Like, you know, you have to, you know, if you don't like something, or you're disagreeing with something, don't let it just, don't not care, which we can get into that theme later. Right. But, you know, don't just do that, but also, like you know, do something about it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, um, get active. And so that's kind of like why I said, well, that's this podcast about. It's like, hey, let's talk, learn from each other. Um, you know, let's not just uh, put our heads in the sand. So, yeah. So thanks for joining me on this one. Uh, we're going to, like I said, we're going to review Rogue One. Uh, this movie came out in 2016. So this is going to be one of the newest ones um, that we've covered on this podcast. So we're going to rewind, but just a little. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Just like turn it back like a couple of years. Yeah, not, almost, not, not even a, not even two years yet. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but uh, yeah, like, but also too, I think we're going to get into a lot of Star Wars talk too. We won't just be covering Rogue One. Um, I really just wanted to, um, for me, this one is probably, uh, for me, the most like political of all the Star Wars movies. And that's why I wanted to bring it here. Mm. But there's also a lot of, other themes, I think, throughout Star Wars that we're going to have to touch on. So we will not just be talking about this movie, but it'll kind of be the the launching point for us. So yeah, this came out in 2016, directed by Gareth Edwards, um, Felicity Jones, Diego Luna star. Oh yeah, and Ben Mendelsohn of Bloodline fame. I always try to bring this up because not not that many people watch this, but it was, a, I thought, a very, very good show and Ben Mendelsohn was amazing in it. But also starring uh, Riz Ahmed, it's kind of one of my man crushes, <laughs> uh, Donnie Yen, uh, Forrest Whitaker, and the wonderful Alan Tudyk. Any of you uh, Firefly fans out there will know um, him as Wash, and so it was kind of cool to see another, him in another. Well, crossover. not see him. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You got to hear his voice. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. And a uh, little known fact, he also did the voice of the chicken, um, Hey Hey, in Moana. He literally just did the squeaking noises for that. There so, you go. Yeah, he's a multi-talented man. Yeah. Things you learn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You come here to learn, you know? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so we're going to cover the uh, the synopsis of this movie. I like to always pull up the IMDb one because they're very short and succinct, and they and they just leave a lot to the to the mem- uh, sometimes they're problematic and other times they just leave a lot to the imagination. So um, IMDb says that this movie is a um, the story of a daughter of an imperial scientist who joins the Rebel Alliance in a risky move to steal the Death Star plans. See, I like that. It just cuts to the chase. But at the same time, too, there's... Yeah. There is a risky move, man. Yeah, yeah, a risky say, move. Yeah. That is exactly how I would describe what happened in this movie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, it is risky. Yeah, so spoiler alert. Um, if you have not seen Rogue One, I highly recommend watching it. I don't know, it's, it's pretty risky. you yeah. got to be in a mood to watch risky things. It, exactly, and, uh, yeah. There you go. A little more risky than risky business. But, um, but yeah, spoiler alert. It, like I said, please watch this movie if you haven't seen it. If not, we're going to get really deep into spoilers. Before we get into Rogue One, Anthony, kind of tell me about your journey with Star Wars. Let's kind of go um, where you got into it and then like lead up all the way to Rogue One. Like, where were you? Yeah, that's the, good. Yeah, 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 so I did not grow up in a Star Wars home, mm-hmm. right? Uh, came, it's like coming to, coming to faith. I, I came to Star Wars in, <laughs> in college, uh, Chad. I uh, had a buddy, had a roommate. Uh, you guys know how, you know, if you go off to college and get stuck with people that you wouldn't necessarily get stuck with in uh, real life. Uh, yeah, he and I just connected, and he was super into Star Wars, so I kind of started there. Mm-hmm. Uh, love the narrative. Love, uh, love this idea that... Um, you know, people people get second chances, right? Oh, I like that. Um, and as I started then raising kids, and I have, I have three of my own, kind of decided along the way that was going to be a great way for me to introduce into my kids' lives this idea that we wanted to be a family of second chances. Mm-hmm. And so Star Wars introduces that for my kids going into uh, their first grade year of school, actually. We sit down with the kids in that summer between uh-huh. kindergarten and first grade, uh-huh. and we watch the whole thing in 
uh, kind of a modified machete order. Okay, I like that. Now, for those uh, people out there that don't know what that is, can you explain to them what the machete order is? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of fun. So uh, you go uh, four, five, Mm -hmm. and then hit pause, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because suspense is fantastic. And now you rewind back to one, two, three, and then you go to six. Okay. Right? So Mm -hmm. uh, you chop it up, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of machete it out. Modified because the original uh, machete order just leaves out one, Chad. They they completely machete one, and they say it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, Anthony actually did this in one day. So we had a friend of ours who had never seen any of the Star Wars films before, and he was he was our age, but he um, was a missionary kid and had never seen them. And we got the opportunity to watch all of the six of the episode one through six, not in that order, then we did the machete order in one day. And it was a wonderful marathon of a day. We and, did it. And he was completely removed from the Star Wars narrative. That's he didn't true. really know anything. Yeah. And so watching a grown man uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. you know, go through all the things yeah. and have the... Who's whose father moment? Like mm-hmm. it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, having done that with kids, but then also a grown up. Yeah, that was so much better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I highly recommend anybody listening to this. Like, if you have an opportunity to do that, maybe if you can do it in one day, it was great. I felt very accomplished. But if you can't do it, like if you do it over time, like you are with your kids, I have to recommend that because I had so much fun watching someone else rewatch it for the first time. You know, and it was just kind of cool to see it through fresh eyes. Also, um, especially since they're older, because kids, it's different because they're kind of coming. I wouldn't say an entirely blank slate, but, you know, to have like a 30 year old looking at it and saying, oh, my gosh, this and that. So it was very fun. So we actually did accomplish that. So that that goes to our street cred. But I'd say this. If you've never watched any of them and you're listening and you made it this far into the podcast, uh, watch it with someone who has watched it. Like, it yes, it's super yes, important. because You're yes. going to have questions along the way and yeah. they'll get to fill in some of those gaps. And that's that's just helpful. I think to me, I've rewatched the prequels several times and I, I've gone through like this. Like, I don't know about you, but I went from like loving them because I was nine when the first one came out mm-hmm. um, or ten. And so, of course, it was, like, right in my wheelhouse. And as I got older, they kind of really started to, you know, spoil on me. And they were all how awful they were. But I'm kind of coming back. I'm not saying they're great by any means. But I don't know. There's just, to me, there's enough Star Wars-y in it that it's just, like, and maybe it's nostalgia or something. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, to cut out episode one, I think, just isn't fair. And if so. you really just want to lose, like, an entire couple weeks of your life, there's an animated Clone Wars series that actually mm-hmm. makes the prequels slightly better because mm-hmm. you care that much more about some of the characters yes that is a that is a long tangent away from rogue one but yeah. just to give you a sense of kind of what what star wars has meant uh not just for me but for my family it's part of our family narrative mm-hmm. which then meant that uh my eight-year-old daughter just watched rogue one with me <laughs> uh, how did that so, go <laughs> yeah so funny story um it's dark friends it is, yeah. it is dark so we're going to get into some of that yeah, but uh, yeah. along the way I'll, I'll share with you some of the observations of my daughter uh, who is eight and yeah. in the third grade uh, watching all of the people die. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, Dad, I thought you loved me. <laughs> yeah, uh, we had some of those moments. That's we did. fantastic. Yep. I can't wait. Oh, my gosh. I really can't wait to dive into that. But, yeah, for me, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned I'm um, talking about parenting because there's two kind of tracks I want to go here with Rogue One when we're discussing this film. It's kind of what I already mentioned, like, to me, like, the idea that it has, like, you know, it's supposed to really inspire you to kind of mm-hmm. do, to not just, like, there's a scene um, in the movie where... Um, you know, Jenner so says that she never had the uh, luxury of political opinions. Um, lu- luckily, we have the luxury of political opinions here on this podcast. I have, a, I have a plethora of them, and people are probably tired of hearing them at this point. So what is it that you want, Jen? They wanted an introduction. They've got it. I'm out now. The rest of you can do what you want. You care not about the cause. The cause? Seriously? The Alliance, the the Rebels, whatever it is you're calling yourself these days. All it's ever brought me is pain. You can stand to see the Imperial flag rain across the galaxy. It's not a problem if you don't look up. And so to me, that like really, and then obviously we see her, her hero journey um, go from, you know, not looking up to all of a sudden, you know, being very uh, involved. And so that to me is like, I want to talk about that on this podcast, how I see... Since the election of Donald Trump, and again, um, people that are pro or anti-Donald Trump are really kind of taking to the streets, and they're marching, and they're really putting their opinion out there, and we're in this type of uh, culture now where you're able to do that. Your voice is able to be heard, and people are resisting. You know, they're going out there, and they're not um, looking down. They're they're either um, for it, um, and that's causing some problems, or they are um, going out there, and they're resisting and making a big deal, and that also is problematic, but also has, you know, benefits as well. So that's kind of, I want to talk about that, but also, too, parenting. I'm really excited to hear um, you're someone who's a few steps ahead of me in life, and I've I've uh, had you around a lot to help, um, ask you what to do and what not to do. Um, mm-hmm. But also, I like the idea that Star Wars can be 
yeah, it could be a touchstone to really teach your children like life lessons. You know what I mean? That's Which really is exciting. Hilarious. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah because yeah. it's actually it's terrible family dynamics, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah you, true. you look at the whole story of it. It's like, oh yeah. gosh, no, this is in no way who you want your family to be. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, there's some stuff in there that you can uh-huh. uh, lean into as far as conversations go with oh, your okay. kids. Awesome. For sure. Cool. cool. So that, yeah, so those are the kind of tracks that we're gonna go um, on here today. Um, so let's go ahead and we'll dive into we'll talk. Let's talk a little bit about like what you think um, Rogue One says about like kind of our culture and where it is, and then we'll kind of go to um, as we get a little more um, specific, let's talk about parenting. Because for me, this is the first Star Wars film that I watched that is, um, it's timeless to me. So, mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, not timeless. It's very time-specific. It's very 2016 to me, because I you watch a lot of the, um, you know, 4, 5, and 6, and those you can, people are still watching them now, and they're loving them now, and, and kids are watching them now, and they don't care that they were made in the 70s and early 80s, right? And you can't say that with a lot of movies, but this movie, I think, to its credit, actually, was very much like I think people are going to look back at that and like man this is when people started getting really angry about their lack of diversity in film and you look in this cast is very very diverse it has yeah. a woman lead the second lead is a, a, a person of color and then and it just gets more and more and more diverse than there you know and um, so I th- again I think this is very much like I th- people are going to look back and be like oh this was very much of its time you know what I mean and also too like the whole theme of the movie is is resisting and being like going out there and like you know because they could have played it safe that's something I like about this movie this is Star Wars it's a beloved franchise they could have played it safe and be like hey you know it's worked for decades in Hollywood of us just putting a bunch of you know white people out there um and it's worked so why mess with it and they didn't do that they they clearly made an effort and I think I like it too because they didn't to me and this is easy for me to say because I'm privileged you know in my in one sense but like I, I, it, it wasn't in my face about it. They weren't, I, at least I didn't feel like they were trying to shove it in my face. Like, here's a bunch of diversity. It just seemed very, like, natural and planned. And I think they did a good job balancing that. So. And I think part of how you know that that is something that, you know, existed then because it was made in 2016, that if it was made in 2012 would have been very different, would have been. Because uh, yeah. you know, if you look at the, the Empire side, mm-hmm. there's no diversity. Yeah, right? So it's yeah. not just there's a rise mm-hmm. in diversity because you can make a case, oh, that's just, you know. Uh, film modernizing. No, no, they're making a point, right? Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the side you're rooting for, and we can get into are they are they good guys or not, but the sure, side sure. you're rooting for, very diverse, mm-hmm. and the side that you're absolutely against, right? Yeah. They are they are the bad guys. Uh-huh. Um, no diversity at all. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And it's funny, it was kind of striking watching that, having watched it again, I was like, oh yeah, no, they're very clearly making a point. If you look in the scenes where, um, you know, um, Krennic is there with Tarkin, like, it's just a bunch of And a bunch guys. of other white older guys yeah yeah exactly yeah absolutely. Yeah, yep. yeah yeah darth vader's the only guy in black but he isn't black you know and that doesn't count though he's voiced by a <laughs> yes uh, exactly yeah i remember hearing a lot of people being very upset when that when they saw darth vader's mask come off and they're like wait a minute i this whole I, you misled me and he, he, he couldn't have been whiter so Fair. yeah exactly yeah but oh man it was um yeah and kind of you mentioned that too there's something else i want to mention that's very 2016 you know, right around the Sopranos kind of started something in culture where you had a lot of these, you know, these dark anti-heroes. Mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, you have Breaking Bad and then now we have Game of Thrones. And it's just very much of this movie came to me of that time where, like, the bad guys aren't fully bad and the good guys aren't aren't fully good. You know, they're very nuanced and complex. And I, I don't know. Again, I'm not going to credit the Sopranos entirely for that, but it's just something that we're we want that in our stories now. You know, you look at the old Star Wars. You know, Luke couldn't have been more squeaky clean. I mean, yeah, he had flaws, but he was still a squeaky clean character, you know. And, and uh, and I mean, Han kind of bordered on that gray area now, but this movie fully embraces that, right? I mean, it's really cool to see Cassian, like, early on in the movie, we see him, like, kill one of his fellow spies. You know? Who's not a bad guy. Like, that yeah. guy's done nothing to deserve that yeah. moment. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So, that, so that was exciting to me. But then also, too, you look at um, Galen or so in the beginning. I mean, this guy works for the Empire. I mean, no, he's torn about it. But he's a loving father, you know what I mean? And uh, But, I mean, he's very much part of the cog, you know, he's a cog in the machine. And I, I really liked that because that's, that's the way life is, man. I mean, it really is. We want, I think we want to make all these people in ISIS to be these horrible human beings and these, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, like, I mean, yeah, they're doing horrible things. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee there's enough of them out there that there's a loving father in there somewhere that loves his daughter just like this guy does in this movie. And, you know, we want to make them out to be this bad guy, but it's not true. Um, and I'm, I'm again, like I'm not by any way, um, you know, I'm just not trying to dehumanize them. I mean, obviously their causes, you know, something that is at conflict with some of our beliefs, but I just think that that's more realistic. They're, these aren't robots. These aren't, or they're not demons either. You know what I mean? They're, they're complex human beings at the same time too. You and I were talking in the scenes where there's a lot of, um, or they're on Jeddah and all of the uh, tanks are rolling through. Mm-hmm. And it looked to me like a lot of like scenes you would see in like that Fallujah, Iraq. But the thing is, right? Like. 
those would be the United States troops, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, if we're, yeah, if yeah. we're watching, you know, an American war film, yes. that's us. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, the, yeah, those yeah, are yeah. our, right? Yeah. And, it, and as you see these people wearing very different outfits, yeah. right, mm-hmm. kind of walking around and they're a little bit more covered, you yeah. go like, oh, that's, you know, I wonder what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But we're watching this going, we know what they're doing, we want them to take those guys yeah, out. exactly. But yeah. that tank would have been our tank. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And I think that was, for me, I was like, man, this is like, I just love it because it's hitting it on so many levels. And I think it, the idea is, I think, with the complexity, it's supposed to make you think. If you're just watching a movie where everything is black or white, you're not going to dive deeper into it. You're going to get entertained and you're going to forget that movie, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I know some people, they either love or they hate Game of Thrones, but it has an impact on people and it gets people to think. And people are either loving it or hating it, but I think, but at the very least, they're discussing it, right? And that's why I think I like about this movie. And I, I think there were a lot of people that also maybe they bumped on this movie a little bit because it was so dark and so edgy in, in so many ways. But again, I, I to me, that's what I, I think that's why I'm going to make a bold call. That's why I think it's one of my favorite Star Wars films, if not my favorite Star Wars film, because mm. it, it hits me in a way that I, is what I'm looking for. And as we get more and more Star Wars films, that's what I'm hoping, you know what I mean? Like, they can make a Star Wars film that, that fits your narrative. What's the thing you want to see in a movie? And if they make a bunch of these, and this that can be your favorite. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be Empire Strikes Back for everyone. Don't get me wrong. Empire Strikes Back is great. But that's why this one really hits it for me. It's like, this is this is what I want to see. I want to see people, like, dying for what they believe in. Like, actively dying for what they believe in. Um, the, Again, like, being able to take their flaws and, and, you know, make the better of that. You know what I mean? Or at least try to make up for them. You know, that, those these are things that I find, like, very moving. Yeah, I feel like, again, if it was... Yeah, uh, the original George Lucas narrative, right, is there's a light side and a dark side, right? Very, very polarized. Uh, and it's fascinating because now we're living, you know, post-2016, things are becoming more and more po- polarized, and yet it is a movie that speaks to the gray areas. Uh, yeah, in, yeah. in such a different way than a Star Wars film outside of that has. The Clone Wars animated series uh, starts doing some of that and uh-huh. showing some of the, the grays, mm-hmm. Um but never in film and never to this extent. Uh, that, was, yeah. that was a huge leap. Um, what's what's fascinating for me, again, as somebody who's trying to use the the Star Wars narrative to teach kind of family lessons and stuff, huh. there are no second chances in this one. Right? So the narrative press of, you know, it's never too late for a second chance. And this one, it's like, oh, there's no time sometimes for second chances. Yeah, that's true. It, yeah, uh, yeah. As, as you watch this movie, the, the beats just keep following. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's there's not a whole lot of time to look backwards. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. I, it's funny I hadn't thought about that too, and I, I think it's it's interesting too to think about life is almost too short to just like not be active and not pay attention or, or, or fight for the things you care about. Yeah, you yeah. No, this mean? is right. there's yeah. a movie that calls you to take a step forward. You yeah, got to figure out where absolutely. where forward is. You got to figure out what that mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Um, but it's not one where you just walk out of the theater going, "I'm just gonna sit back." Yeah, yeah. You got to do something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that, and I like that too that you said take a step forward, and that, and that means something different to every different person that watches this movie, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because millions of people watch this movie, and not all of them were people of, of my um, political leanings, right? So there are people that I see me as, as Jenner, so, like, you know what I mean? Like, going from not caring to caring and, and pushing these, like, what some people would call, I, I don't want to label them this way, but, like, a, you know, progressive agenda. But there's someone else out there watching this that wants to make the galaxy great again. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. And, and so, yeah. But what do you think? That's something, too, I want to talk about, like, We've seen a lot since in this last couple of years. We've seen a lot of marches. My mom just attended hmm. the Women's March. Um, you know, you see a march for science. There's a march for life. There's all these different marches. And I think that, like, I, I'm call, I'm labeling it this, and I'm in no way an academic, but, like, that it's, like, almost this, like, resistance culture. And do you think that this movie plays to that? Do you think, like, this is something that maybe, like, I guess I'm saying, I wonder if it's a product of that movement or if this is basically kind of people like kind of taking the themes of this movie and, and they're going and doing that because the women's marches were, were huge. They were massive. I, 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 my mom was taking pictures and showing to me. It was like kind of cool to see all these really clever signs. A lot of them actually with Star Wars themes. There was a lot of Leia mm. um, uh, stuff on all, all of these signs. I thought that was really cool. So again, this, this movie, these movies mean a lot to people. Um, but yeah, like, what do you think about that? Do you think this is something that this, these are just, they're rising up at the same time or? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, I think you see some themes of this in the movie, but I think you, you spoke to this a little bit as well, that, you know, this is a movie about you know, tr- trying to figure out where, where hope comes from. And I think uh, for, you know, 2016 and that election season, mm-hmm. for a lot of people, regardless of political leanings, there was not a lot of hope. Um, yes. for mm-hmm. um, either in the season for some people or after after that election for mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're now in a kind of in a climate of making hope happen. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and I think this film kind of fits into that to, yes. to figure out. So what does hope now look like? Right. Uh-huh. When when things are dark and when it feels like you're on a suicide mission. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah, what yeah, is yeah, hope? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but I think even these marches, it's this sense of um, in 
in the in the midst of the darkness, right? Like, how do you bring light to a situation that you can give hope to someone? And I think that as kind of a rallying cry for, you know, going into now what will be the 2020s, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Is how do we make hope happen? Uh, um, I think it just one one step at a time, but you can't make hope happen sitting back. Yeah, oh, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. It's funny. Um, something I learned from this movie, and there, well, there's a scene I want to talk about that a- actively answers kind of what you just hmm. what you just said, and it's where um, Cassian is saying, like, you know, oh, now all of a sudden you care about the rebellion. Like, you know, I've lived it. You're not the only one who's lost everything. We don't all have the luxury of deciding when and where we want to care about something. <laughs> Suddenly the rebellion is real for you. Some of us live it. I've been in this fight since I was six years old. You're not the only one who lost everything. Some of us just decided to do something about it. But yeah, I think to me, what I got from that scene is kind of what was something you were saying is the election was was rough. Again, it doesn't matter if you you figured you won or lost. It was a very ugly, um, ugly election. And hey, spoiler alert! Also, not the first ugly election in this country. People uh, that have Wait, it's happened months. before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, Chad, yeah. It's always been roses until right yeah, now. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's well. Then why? Were, yeah, that's that's why we want to make America great again because it was so great. At before. least it'll always be great now moving forward. That's true. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, no, it can't get worse than this, right? Yeah. No, but there were several other elections that were awful, right? But I think what I like about knowing that in my mind is. It doesn't matter who you elect. Like, that's not going to make the difference. If you're going and waiting, I've said this on this podcast before, too. If you're waiting for a savior to come, and whether that's Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, Bernie, I don't care who, you name it. It's going to be Elizabeth Warren coming up, whatever. Those people aren't going to solve your problems. They're not. You know what I mean? You're going to have to do that, and you're going to have to organize, and you're going to have to go out there and resist, you know? Um, And that's what I think I got from this movie, you know, or like I got from this scene, because I love that. He's like, you're not the only one who lost everything. So if you want to say that you, like, if this election was a gut punch to you, like, you're going to have to do more than just vote next time. You know what I mean? You're going to have to do more than just, and that's what I think, yeah, we need to get together. That's why I'm, I'm okay with these marches, even if some of the marches are, um, maybe I don't agree with them or I have issues with them. Um, if they're not hurting anybody, like, you know, get, get your voice out there, resist and resist the notion that you're like, you're the only one out there that has this. Let's organize and let's make sure there's, and that's the thing too, like maybe compare marches. So I, I would imagine the women's march is going to be a lot bigger than maybe, you know, the marches that we saw in Charlottesville last year, you know, what mm. I mean? which is hopefully good because hopefully love always wins over hate. But that's, I'm, that's why I'm okay with this. These people aren't hurting anybody. Let's try to, you know, go ahead and maybe move forward. But that's, that's a, a scene that really answered that for me too. So I'm glad you brought that up. Are there any things like it, maybe things in the news that you see going on that you think you watch it, whether it be this Star Wars or any Star Wars film, they go, man, like that really like, that seems like a direct line between, I can see a direct line between this scene and what's going on here in this part of the world. I don't know if you have any. Huh. Well, I would say, I mean, and especially coming out of that theme of, of hope, there's, there's this sense in, uh, you know, uh, Cassian and there's this, uh, right in kind of that final act of the movie, right? With, um, you know, they, they get everyone, they're going to go to Scarif. Uh, where he looks at Jen and uh, basically tells her, you know, with without that cause, that they are nothing, right? Mm-hmm. That, that he and this group of guys, that they've done so much for the cause, that if it goes away, that they don't mean anything anymore. Everything I did, I did for the rebellion. And every time I walked away from something I wanted to forget, I told myself it was for a cause that I believed in. Cause that was worth it. Without that, we're lost. Everything we've done would have been for nothing. I couldn't face myself if I gave up now. None of us could. And I think, you know, so many people in kind of this, uh, you know, kind of resistance culture that's building up, it's going to be so important that they don't find their meaning in that resistance, but that it's actually the resistance is a reflection of who who they are and what they want that world around them to be, right? So okay, okay. Uh, Jen, throughout the movie, um, is not finding hope outside of herself. She's making hope happen. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, leads leads them into what is, you know, eventually a, a pretty terrible situation. Yeah, but yeah, at yeah. least, you know, she's making hope happen. For those guys, as soon as their resistance mm-hmm. could be done mm-hmm. like they don't know who they are anymore yeah and, and watching that in the news for for either side or for whoever you are listening to this if if your identity is so wrapped up in that cause that you're behind mm-hmm. um it's a good moment to kind of catch your breath and go mm-hmm. wait a second yeah, like, yeah because if everything plays out that cause might go away mm-hmm. right because yeah. everyone will go oh 
we actually should treat women like they're humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah, we absolutely yeah, should. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when we get to the day where that happens, right, where mm-hmm. we're raising our daughters mm-hmm. into a world where they get to be treated like they're fully people, mm-hmm. the people who've kind of rallied around that cause, they need to still know who they are, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, yeah. you can't just lose who you are when you cross that finish line. And mm-hmm. so um, I think that's going to be really important for us to watch moving forward is as uh, people are wrapped up in kind of this resistance movement, mm-hmm. that they find their identity outside of that yeah. as well. Does that make sense? No, I know. I like that a lot, actually, too, because I think that, yeah, it's especially if, like, you're very anti something. Mm-hmm. I think if you're very anti something and you're defining yourself with that, then you're. It's going to be very difficult for you to ever, well, a find joy, um, but also too. But to, <laughs> to, but I think to, but to make that difference, you can't be anti something. You uh, you think yeah, you're right. You need to be very pro something, and and but also you can't be just that one thing because that thing is going to be. If you put put all your hopes on that last election, right, and it didn't go your way, uh, you're going to be devastated. So you can't be yeah defined by that. That's actually really deep. I, I like that you brought that up too because. Yeah, these guys, you know, they, they kind of, you know, they the soldiers in that scene, they were that way. They were almost like they had been defining themselves by this rebellion. They weren't really looking at, like, maybe what was just or what was right. So that's actually, yeah, that's pretty incredible. I'm really glad you brought that up as well. For me, it's funny. I, I'll go a different way with it because mm-hmm. I like that one. It's very good and broad. And I actually think, again, people will learn more from that than what I have to bring up here. But I was really having an um, interesting time watching this movie and uh, this galaxy that they're living in. Um, there's only one power that has the Death Star power, right? Hmm. And we are not living in a world right now. Our world is very different. So I like sci-fi. When sci-fi really gets you to look at the world a different way, um, I can't recommend Black Mirror enough, but if you watch some of the old Twilight Zones, they kind of, what their their mission was to be like, hey, we live in a world with these rules. What would happen if the rules changed like this? Mm-hmm. And for me, like, imagine what the our world would be like if we were the only ones with nuclear weapons or if North Korea were the only people with nuclear weapons because that's what this movie is showing. The Empire is the only one with the power to destroy planets. And that, like, for me, I was like, man, because I think if that happens, you would get more of a regime like the Empire because they're able to, like, swing their weight around now because now they know, oh, if we want things to be this way, if we want only these people to vote or we want these people to um, be kicked out of our country, we can do that now. We can kind of swing that around because we, if you disagree with us, we're going to blow your planet up, you know? And so it make, it's almost like it's kind of a weird thing. Don't get me wrong. I wish no one had nuclear weapons, but at the same time, there's an argument for – you know, the fact that other countries and other countries that may be in conflict together having nuclear weapons because then no one has the ability to throw that weight around. You know what I mean? Because the president has been tweeting about this a lot lately. I mean, it's really come up a lot, him tweeting about nuclear weapons. And it's really interesting. He was the first president to break from, I think, every president since, um, I want to say, because Truman was the, obviously the only one who dropped the bomb. But after that, Eisenhower, the, each and every one of them have, have said we need to reduce our nuclear arsenal. And it, now they may have said that and not complied with that. But uh, there was at least a public line, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, maybe we yeah. don't all want to have more of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think and it really hit ahead to, uh, from if I'm understanding my history right, um, you know, Johnson's administration, you know, after, you know, his predecessor had gone through the Bay of Pigs and, you know, we're trying to get all these, you know, all the, the Cuban Missile Crisis and all these weapons out of our own hemisphere. It really hit home in America like, OK, nuclear weapons are a little crazy. Let's start to reduce it a little bit. And he is the first president since then to kind of break from that. Again, I'm not saying that's pro or con, but it's really fascinating to have a president come and say, no, we need to make more nukes. You know what I mean? And so that's why I'm not saying... And uh, my button is bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, yeah, my button is bigger than yours because that's that's super important, Anthony. You know, I think that, you know, that when I, when I look at my president, I want him to be... <laughs> You know, that's what I want him tweeting about, spending his executive time doing. Right? I, I would love it if, you know, so when people are going back through the podcast catalog and it's a couple of years from now and we say this, they go, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, that is my hope, right? Yeah, is I'm that like, that, too. Yeah. that, yeah, that yeah. we've moved past talking about whose button is bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, the world we're in right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where we are currently dealing with that now. So if my children are watching this years later, yeah, I hope that's not like a main page in your history book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm really hoping that. But uh, again, it being such a subject now... Um, it was really cool to watch this movie um, or, or something really challenging to watch this movie and be like, what would it be like, though, if, mm. you know, if only one power had that? And so I think it, it should be a, a, um, a humbling thing to kind of realize that, like, hey, there are people out there that disagree with you. And maybe it's maybe it's good that they have some form of power. So you don't because absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Right. Mm. And that's essentially what happened. The Empire has this ability to kind of do whatever the hell they want. And they're doing it. So anyway, what, what's so crazy, though, right? You look in movie, right? If we're going to talk in universe. Mm. Uh, the Rebel Alliance right now is not resourced well. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I almost feel like if they were resourced well, they would try to have a weapon like that. Part of why I say that is their first reaction when they find out where Galen is mm-hmm. blow it up. Like yeah, that, like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, these are these are the the good guys yeah. in theory, right? But like, so we we keep seeing the empire come into these situations and go, oh, we don't know what to. 
oh, we'll just blow it up. Yeah, yeah. But their gun is just bigger, right? Yeah, the yeah. Rebel mm-hmm. Alliance absolutely mm-hmm. still has yeah. the, like, mm-hmm. oh, we have, there's a problem? Mm-hmm. We will blow it up. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah That yeah. is how we deal with all problems, is yeah. we just blow things up. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Well, it's funny, because uh, some of the best conversations I've had with with feminists, I think that I've had, and I've really, as like, the, and they would say their their definition of feminism. So I'm, we two white guys here should really talk about defining feminism. Um, oh, we're going to mansplain. This yeah, is yeah, fantastic. This is gonna, great. But great. they've, so Good. I'm going to try to quote them the best I can, but it's, it's that, you know, they're, because um, I think a lot of people, they miss, and I did myself, misunderstand feminism. They're, they think that feminism is trying to get women to be above men in some sense, but they'll say, you know, true feminism is not that they're trying to be equal with men. Right. Mm. And that's, that's the problem. Cause if you were to shift all the power over, then they're, I'm sure and, and anybody that you give power to, they're going to eventually, you know, they're going to find some way to abuse it. We all mm-hmm. do it. Everyone does it. And so that's kind of what you were saying too, in the sense that like, you know, these, they should, people should be fighting for equality, but the rebel Alliance isn't doing that. They're not trying to be equal with the, with the empire. They're trying to destroy them. And so mm-hmm. it's almost like you're saying, like, if we can define our movements more about like, about that justice, it could be about e- that equality, not about like trying to gain power from someone else. And and so that's why I like that definition of feminism right. better. So well, everything and, should be like and, that. And again, what, what is the prophecy about what Anakin's supposed to do? Right. So throw back oh, all the way back to oh, the right. end. What's right. he supposed yeah. to do? Every so balance. Balance. Right. right? Yeah, 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 so, yeah. so the whole thing, again, it's a part of Lucas's narrative is this idea that balance is probably supposed to be a thing. Mm-hmm. He just never writes it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're now starting to see that in. And we'll get into kind of in the shallow end, mm-hmm. some of the new Star Wars stuff. Yeah. yeah but yeah. you're starting to see more of this balance versus a swing. And I mm-hmm. think uh, those of you who are resisting right now, whatever it is you're resisting against, consider in your brain what it would look like to resist to the point where there's balance and actually then keep each other in check. Yeah, what exactly. that might look yeah, like. And see, and I like that. Too. Yeah, I really like that too. Cause I mean, at least we can bring it to, um, you know, could be very ethnocentric and think about America. I mean, the whole idea of our, you know, the government was built on checks and balances. Right. And then that's, and that should be the goal. You know what I mean? And so um, we've really, I think lost sight of that. And that's not something, again, not something new, but yeah, I like the idea of like us checking. Yeah. Uh, checking on each other's power. You know what I mean? Cause I like to tell people like when someone sits there and they're so convinced that the Republican way is right, or so convinced that the Democrat way is right. I'm like, no, 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 it's not. You're not fully right. The idea is like, okay, cool, run with your idea. Let's let them run with their idea. Let's meet somewhere in the middle because you're never going to please somebody all the time. So let's try to at least, yeah, kind of, like I said, balance. Oh, I like that. Let's bring let's bring balance to the United States government. I like that instead of just the force. I like that a lot. There you <laughs> well, go. Well, who's, but who's the prophecy, Anthony? Who's that is? Kamal Who's Harris? To bring... Is it Kamal Harris? No. Well, hey, here's <laughs> the thing. So, uh, you know, Anakin's supposed to bring balance uh he's a catalyst moment he's actually uh, pretty terrible yeah like so, uh he he kills children yeah, yeah. uh spoiler alert oh, to yeah, yeah exactly yeah um which that's pretty terrifying to watch with your children on yeah. the sofa uh-huh. is when you go like oh yeah the guy that we liked and we yeah. watched all the clone wars the enemy yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. he's about to do some bad stuff <laughs> yeah he's not a good guy um, yeah, yeah. but it's in that you know in his full swing dark yeah yeah um that i think the response then is balanced after and i think yeah, we're, we're yeah. We're hopefully here in that seven, eight, nine series mm-hmm. of, of films. Hopefully, we'll now see um, that balance play out in a different way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so, there might be a chance that in the current political climate we're in, mm-hmm. that we're seeing some some more polarization than we've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. But that might actually be the step right before we we see more uh, balance. At least yeah. that's my hope, Chad. Yeah. No, I was gonna say yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> like, rebellions are built on hope. So. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but no I, no, I actually completely agree with you because I'm thinking like. Yeah, yeah. Um, Trump is Anakin. He's Darth Vader. I get it. No, but really, though, it's um, no, I think you're right, because I, I heard somebody actually um, famous magician and comedian, uh, Penn Gillette, said the other day that he thinks the biggest damage that Trump is going to do is isn't to like, you know, any like the, you know, um, the immigrants or it's not to, um, you know, the, the national um, forest or anything like that it's actually going to be like the, the amount of hate he generates on the other side. And that's, I think that's mm. true because I think there's a lot of people that are blinded by their hate. Like you said, they're not going for that balance. They're not going for that. Just they're just so bl- in blind rage that they're not, um, I would say, um, not resisting in. And so what Penn would say as well, they're not resisting in the right way. They're not going out there for justice. They're almost going out for revenge. And that's not going to work. It's right. like, would you rather see? Donald Trump lose the next election or um, your um, maybe pet or, um, you know, most important issue be solved. Right. You know what I mean? And for me, I'd rather my most, at least where I am right now, my most important issue would be solved. But there's also days I really want to watch him lose, you know. And so mm-hmm. that's, so what's, but where are your priorities? So I really like that you brought that up. Yeah. I, think, I think there's this, there's this really cool scene where Saw Gerrera is is saying goodbye to Jen, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so you have um, this this catastrophic wave of destruction is coming at them, right? And he looks at her and he says, save yourself, uh, save the rebellion, save the dream. And I think so often we think of self and then maybe that rebellion piece, but we we lose sight of 
But what's the dream here, right? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't stop with whatever you're resisting against or whatever. Like, what is that dream? And I think the dream often for a lot of us would look a lot more like balance mm-hmm. than what the rebellion has to look like before, sure. okay. right? And I yeah. love that sequence of your self-rebellion dream. Uh, and if we keep that one in mind, I think that there's that chance that we won't just swing the pendulum so far mm-hmm. that then there will have to be someone who then resists whatever our thing was. They call it the Death Star. It's capable of destroying an entire planet. If the Empire has this kind of power, what chance do we have? The question is, what choice? We have hope. Are you with me? All the way. Save the rebellion! Save the dream! Yeah, this again, this movie to me, it's like it's funny because we brought up on this other this podcast before, like specific things going on. We've talked about like specific issues, but to me, that's what's so beautiful about this movie is it's kind of a catch all. Mm-hmm. You can pick any issue you want, and you can really kind of use the themes in this movie to really help you hopefully better your cause. You know what I mean? Like, and and and, and I think what I like about this movie, it doesn't show you a perfect example of what that cause is. It's like, hey, here are some horribly flawed people that um, they they succeed in, and fail in so many different ways learn from them not like oh hey here here's a template of what exactly to do and what exactly not to do so that's i think what makes this movie really awesome so now let's go ahead and move on to what you see how you see rogue one or star wars in general being a great touchstone to be like maybe you want to convince somebody of of an opinion you have or maybe a, a walk in faith or maybe um again you want, there's this issue you really want them to see your way on um how do you see star wars maybe specifically rogue one and we can move into the um the, the galaxy as uh, overall how do you see this? Maybe these movies doing that. Is there anything maybe you use and as a pastor or use as a parent that you use um, themes? Even if you may not, I don't know if you've explicitly from the pulpit said that, but like, are you up there thinking like, hmm, Obi Wan would have said this, you know? <laughs> oh no, yeah, because you know, anytime you're pastoring, you're pastoring lots of different people, and sure. not all of them are nerds. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> as much as their their pastor might be. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, kind of on a on a broader scale. You, know, you have a couple things that part of what makes the Star Wars the experience great is the rewatchability, right? Mm-hmm. And I think even you and I watching uh, this in preparation for this conversation, there's different things that stand out on that second watch. And, yeah. and not every movie and not every series is built for a second watch. The okay. Star Wars really is. And yeah. I think um, in our lives, if we uh, don't just ex- examine things one time, but multiple times, we mm-hmm. just catch different things. Sure. And so I think... That's not necessarily Star Wars specific, but because it lends itself to rewatchability, it's just mm-hmm. a good thing to to just in your life go back and think through. Why do I think that? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, is there anything yeah. I'm missing there? Yeah, you know, I named like with my kids. Like we're we're such a second chance kind of family, right? Mm. And so my kids know this. They know that they just get out of anything if they say, "Dad, can I have a second chance?" Mm-hmm. Which you might think that's terrible parenting. It's real hard for them to do. <laughs> it's actually really hard for them to ask for a second chance, yeah. but they know. That they get one. They always get one. Mm-hmm. Um, now, sometimes there's consequences. Sure. But you always get a second chance, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, even Darth Vader, the, at the end of things for him, Luke gives him the second chance uh, moment, mm-hmm. um, which he does not deserve. Like, sure, sure. He's, he's horrible. Mm-hmm. He's done horrible, horrible things. And yet, his son gives him this chance. Like, you mm-hmm. know, Dad, I know there's a good person in there. Uh-huh. And he leverages that and takes down the emperor. It's yeah, this amazing yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. There's consequences, yeah, yeah, right? So it's yeah. not like all of a sudden, and now he gets all of his arms back. Like, yeah, yeah. No, he's pretty still jacked That's up. True. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But but that idea that after doing so many things, he could still have a second chances mm-hmm. is just huge. Um, wow, and then you see that. that play out even in the kind of the new trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. Seven and and now eight. You see second chance moments happening in the life of uh, Luke, right? Where mm-hmm. he feels like he's like many Jedi before him, he's done something so terrible that he has to live in, you know, a secluded area, whether yeah. that is a yeah. desert yeah. or a swamp planet, uh-huh. right? Yeah. For for him, it's on an island with fish nuns. Um, <laughs> but there's, uh, <laughs> even though he feels like he's done the worst thing in the world, mm-hmm. the story g- still gives him a second chance. Oh, okay. okay. Um, and, and I think being able to point that out to people and just mm-hmm. asking, ask yourself the question, do I want to be someone who gives people a second chance? Mm. Um, you might land on no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, but I think being known as a person who forgives mm. more than holds a grudge, mm-hmm. um, 
if nothing else, it's just better for your heart, man. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it yeah, just yeah. is. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, for us, that's been a that's been a powerful narrative. I think in Rogue One specifically, that idea that there's always hope. Mm-hmm. There's always hope. Yeah, because even though the story ends and you're like, oh no. Mm-hmm. Well, if you jump straight in and watch four, mm-hmm. right? It's called what? Yeah, a new hope. Right. Yeah. yeah so yeah, right, there's it. there's always hope, and yeah. there's this moment with my daughter, like when um, you know, you you have this moment where K two. A spoiler alert again, K2 dies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and she looks at me and she's like, Dad, are they all going to make it? And in this moment, I was like, oh, right, because she lives in a world where yeah. I've always told her, like, uh-huh. oh, honey, you don't have to worry. Like, they're going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. And one by one, as they go, you could <laughs> see this sense in her of, like, hope just fading, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And she kept the big old eight-year-old eyes, like, looking at me, like, what are you doing to my soul, Father? Yeah. Like, this is terrible. <laughs> and there's this beach scene, and she looks at me like, is there a rescue ship coming? Uh-huh, right. Uh-huh, and, uh, uh-huh. yeah. And you and I talked this when we watched the movie, the, f- the film doesn't end there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It goes back out into space. Yeah. Yeah. And it ends with a princess. Yeah. 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 Oh, at which point my kind of princess destroyer of a daughter, like looks at me and she goes, <laughs> dad, can we watch the next one? Right. Cause she, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she wants yeah, 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 that hope yeah. and there's that yearning uh-huh. in us for hope. Sure. So, sure. Um, I think as dark of a movie as it is, if you're ever in a place where you're, you wonder, is there hope? Like, mm-hmm. and you know this story well. This will be one to go back to. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to just to go there. Okay. Oh, that's really exciting. Yeah, because I'm I'm watching this thinking, you know, my kids are way or younger than yours, and I'm yeah. Don't to show it to them yet. Yeah, I won't show. Yeah, nope, exactly. Nope. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even sure if I want to show it to Lauren yet. Yeah, and so, <laughs> but no. But I think it's ah. But it's one of those things where I think it's it's great that like it takes this universe and it just and it just gets it deeper. You know what I mean? And like you said, like. Oh, I like what you said too, because you can watch some of the older films, and again, I mean, I love them very much, but the consequences are a little, um, uh, they're a little more light. You brought it like Darth Vader, obviously, like you know, dies because of it. Yeah, but prequels, you're killing robots and clones. Exactly. Like, there's not, yeah, exactly. What are the stakes? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so I, I think it. this one really brought it back to like, and I and I've mentioned this before. I think the one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite uh, movies is the war felt very real. You know what I mean? It, this, mm-hmm. It's been called Star Wars for decades now, but this is the first time I ever felt like war, you know? And and then and then episode eight did, I thought, did a really good job of that too. Like I felt there were a lot of really good, the opening scene in episode eight was very much like a war film. It was like an old World War II bombing film. And, but I, again, not for the glory of war, but for, um, you know, the sorrow of war. And, you mm. know, because I think war, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing historians for years now, um, but, you know, war and brings out the best and the worst in people. You see some of the worst hor- horrific things. You Like World War II, for example, you know, you look at the horrible th- horrors of the Holocaust, but you also saw people, um, you know, doing amazing things to resist that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I like mm-hmm. that, that Star Wars is doing that now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's really bringing you to the uh, to the brink of, like, hey, of these real these real issues. Um, so you mentioned uh, some one of my favorite um, hypotheticals on this podcast is, would you use this uh, movie to um, um, maybe watch with the president? Um, and we can get to that in a second, but you're saying that you would, so you did, you do watch this with your kids or maybe, maybe other people you watch this to kind of teach them about, about those second chances or about like, you know, again, about, about hopes. This is something you do even, you actually do. You actually live out that hypothetical. I do. Uh, but uh, I'm nervous about the next question, so ask it, and then we'll go there because I might have a different answer. Okay, good. Okay, because like, so if you were able to sit down with the president or anybody that's maybe uh-huh. ahead of a ahead of a movement, so you have maybe the head of um, PETA or uh, some or Planned Parenthood or or somebody that's it, um, you know that's leading up the Walk for Life, any possible thing, um, uh, somebody that maybe wants to advance the um, you know the Dreamers and and their stuff. Like, is this a movie? That you would that you would want to show them, you know what I mean? Is it, is this something you think that that could inspire them for that? Hope? I think it would inspire them absolutely. It would be a terrible idea. Okay, okay, nice. <laughs> I think, okay, uh, really I think this is one of those movies uh-huh. where you always see yourself as the rebellion, uh, like okay. uh, and, you know, especially the narrative right now. Even those in power, right? The guy who's in charge of uh, arguably the strongest military in the world yeah. uh, would consider himself. An outsider true. to yeah. uh, the majority, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, he, there's a chance that he and those who are his allies mm-hmm. might see themselves as those who need uh, to so rise true. up and drain the swamp and yeah. do all the things. Yeah. And yet, on on that exact same, like on the other side of the coin, they'd see themselves as the same side of the coin, that's right? True. That, yeah, that's so oh my true. gosh, we have this guy in power uh-huh. who only puts old white guys into power, or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. We need to. So, mm-hmm. I think stories like this can actually be really dangerous for those who are in power sure sure because they often miss the power they're actually in sure and see themselves as those who need to 
to topple what, yeah. whatever they're against. That's great. Because, um, yeah. like I said, even the rebellion in this one, when they have a problem, they bomb it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Saw Gerrera is one of the few people who, you know, kind of makes that case for remembering to to care for the dream in the midst of it. Mm. But he's an outsider to both causes. Yeah, And yeah. he's super zealous. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if you know the narrative mm-hmm. well... Um, He's not somebody I model after either. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. I think if I was sitting down with a reasonable human who uh, was in charge but was willing to listen to those things mm-hmm. and ask the question, where am I in the empire and where am I in the rebellion? Yeah, and like ask that. both sides of it. Uh-huh. Then I'd love it, and it'd okay. be a great conversation. Nice, nice, Most okay. people don't do that, and so that's true. Uh, that's true. I would I would worry. Yeah, yeah. There's That's awesome. I really like that you brought that up. I think you convinced me. You changed my mind because I was like, oh, yeah, why not? Because I was originally going with this like, oh, I kind of want people that maybe don't prioritize diversity as much. And that's that's hmm. that's what that's what I like to say. I, I don't like calling the president racist. I know people like to do that and, and they have the right to do that. But I think it's a very um, I don't know. It's that's such a difficult word for me to, to, to throw around. Um, but I definitely think that I think it's fair to say he does not prioritize diversity. I think that's a fair way of looking at it. Um, and so that's why I want to show him this movie. Oh, look at all these people from different walks of life, like really, you know, promoting their cause. And so that's where I came out like, oh, show it to him. But you're right, because he might or people that like you said, depending on where they watch it from or their their where their worldview comes from, they're going to see them maybe as the as the victim. And that reminds me of something years ago. I remember I walked out of a movie theater and I saw this poster and I texted it to you and I had to send it to you. And it was um, it was a movie. I think it was actually a Christian movie called Persecuted. And it mm-hmm. showed like it, it was like it was like the steps of Congress and like a Bible like uh-huh. burning or something. Uh-huh. And, it, and it was basically a movie saying that Christians are being persecuted uh-huh. in Washington, D.C. And, I was, and that, that was eye-opening to me. And I hope it's eye-opening to people listening to this like that though there are people that they're not like sitting there being like, oh, we have everything great. Like our privilege is amazing. And we're, you know, and we're going to use that privilege to take advantage of people. No, 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 no. They don't realize they're privileged. They also think they're being literally persecuted. And I, I couldn't believe that like that was I thought it was a parody. And then we, I looked into it more and I was like, oh, no, that's a real thing. These these people think that they're being persecuted. And I mean, maybe to some degree, but no, in no way compared to any the things we were seeing going on in like China, for example. And but that was eye opening to me like, oh, my gosh, these people think. I just I thought they assumed that they had all the power and they were happy with that. You know what I mean? And yeah, so that was no. Yeah, that yeah. is that is a common narrative. I think most people can, uh, if they're not careful, if they're not guarding their heart well, they uh-huh. can feel like they're the ones being persecuted or okay. they're the ones being wounded. Sure, and I think sure. again, it's important for us to understand that we're probably on both sides of that equation, depending mm-hmm. on the relationship and the system in which we're talking True. about. That we are the persecutor and uh-huh. also being persecuted. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Most of us are. Yeah. Um, now, those on the far margins might, might not relate to that as as well as sure. you and I who are very privileged. Sure. Um, but again, those who hear the word privileged and wonder if they are, mm-hmm. the fact that you're allowed to wonder if you are yeah, true. probably yeah. speaks to some privilege, yeah. uh-huh, even uh-huh. if you don't like that word sure. or uh, uh-huh. the connotations that come with it. That's true. Oh, man, that's 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 a tough one, too, because I, I am actually embarrassed to think about it. And it wasn't even that long ago. But I remember someone telling me that I have that I have white privilege and that, and that it exists. I fought that so hard, and I would say again, I would categorize myself as a as a pretty again progressive person. Yeah, it's where you I, lean. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And it. I was just like, no, that's impossible. That it's not true. Mm-hmm. And I just fought it for for so 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 long. Um, and then I saw Rogue One, and that changed everything. No, no, <laughs> no, no. no. Uh, but no, man, this is really cool. I, I, this this got even deeper than I ha- had expected it to. But yeah, let's go ahead. This, I mean, I feel like we can just do another hour. Oh, I swear we won't do that. But we can do another hour on just like swimming around the shallow end of Star Wars. So I'll try to keep it short, but I have a few questions here for you, kind of thinking about, like, we've we've gotten really deep on some of the themes of Star Wars, but let's go ahead and just have a little bit of fun, swim swim around the shallow end. Um, what did you think of Episode Eight? Let's go ahead and see, because I, I think this is, if you could probably, you might agree, the most divisive Star Wars film of all time. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, I bet, had we lived through the first trilogy, I bet there are moments in there that if people had social media, mm-hmm. that they would have just gone yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. Well, no, eight. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so Chad and I, we went and saw it on opening night. Yeah, yeah. Like, awesome, yeah. Uh, early, right? So it opens on Friday. We went Thursday, crazy late. Um, I just moved across the country. My family wasn't even out here yet. <laughs> it was one of the first things I prioritized was seeing this on opening night. <laughs> and I walked away going, I loved 80 to 90% of sure, that. Sure, Um which is a win. Yeah. It's a win for me. Uh, if you've ever watched The People vs. George Lucas, which uh, is an amazing yes, documentary. highly recommend um, it. I owned the idea long ago that this isn't my story to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my story to experience, absolutely, yeah. but it's not my story to tell. So, uh, you know, if Leia wants to have Mary Poppins force powers, yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. 
I might wince a little bit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's, it, you know, it's not my story to, to tell. And I think, um, you know, the, the thesis in a lot of ways of that movie, and I know we've talked about this before, but just for the podcast, really comes from Kylo saying, um, you know, in order to move forward, you, you have to kill the past. Yes. yes. And so if you see eight through that lens mm-hmm. of any nostalgia you have, yeah, no, it's trying to kill it so that series, so that the story can move forward. Sure. Um, I think if you embrace that, mm-hmm. then on second watching, I loved it. Yeah. On yeah, second yeah. watching, I loved it. Yeah. I looked past the idea that bombs don't drop in space. Sure, I looked sure. past all those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you you, you got to kill it. Yeah. You got to kill the nostalgia mm-hmm. if you ever want the story to move forward. Yeah. And I do. Awesome. Cool. Okay. I think I fall in the same camp as you. Yeah. Because you and I saw it the first night. I actually really, really loved it the first night. And before I saw it again, a lot of the things started creeping into my brain of things I didn't like. And then the culture and the media started talking to me about all these negative things because people just couldn't wait to rip it apart. And this is going to sound like a weird parallel, but but sticking it with me. Stick with me on this one. Um, it reminded me a lot of the people kneeling um, during the national anthem, actually. <laughs> because here's the thing. When, I, when the national anthem, people started kneeling during the national anthem, my initial response was to be offended. I really was. Now, and that's just because of my privilege and my walk of life and serving in the military. I did not like it, and it just didn't sit well with me. I, I would have never tell anybody not to do it. Um, I, need, I really needed to kind of self-reflect and see why they were doing it. Um, but my, I, I'd be lying to you if I told you my initial response. You really it? like the country. I, like, yes, you're such true. a patriot that's true. That's in true. a lot of ways. Yeah. I appreciate that. But, yeah, so it really, again, like— it struck me, right? Yep. And so, but then I started seeing all these people coming out and hating it and hating on that. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be associated with those people. <laughs> I, it might it might hurt me a little bit. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Um, it might it, um, get a response from me, which is, by the way, what they're trying to do um, sure. in a very peaceful way. But I don't want to be associated with those people. It's very similar to the episode eight. So many people that are they're coming out and saying these horrible things. They're coming out and saying, like, you know, like, oh, they don't like that they're forcing diversity in our face. Or they don't really like the, all these other things, the horrible other negative things. I don't want to be associated with those people. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, my nitpicks are very small. Like you said, like, the way bombs drop in space. They're not that, like, this movie is trying too hard to force some kind. I, did, I didn't see it the first time. I didn't see a political narrative. I did see them really kind of pushing, like, uh, um, I thought this was supposed to be the shallow end, but anyway, um, I, I kind of saw them pushing like, you know, how like war is bad and people are profiting on all sides. I, I did see that, but I didn't see this. Like people are saying it's this anti-Trump message. So you have a lot of Trump people like hating on the film and I just didn't see that. But I, I, either way, I want to love this film cause I don't want to be associated with those people. So, so I'm trying to think here too. Okay. So another uh, shallow question I have for you is, um, if you had to do it, favorite Star Wars film, or does or do you not like? Oh, Empire. Way? Okay. No, Empire okay. Strikes Back. Okay. Uh, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Okay. No, uh, yeah, Han why? Solo is my favorite. Okay. Okay. Um, he just is. Okay. Uh, and the scoundrel version, not the cleaned up, like he shoots second in response kind of version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and not necessarily like the sweet old man, like mm-hmm. friends with Chewbacca version. Okay. Um, but the one who you know, uh, when someone professes their undying love to him, just uh-huh. says, "I know." Yeah. Right. Yeah, like yeah, there's yeah, there's yeah, something yeah. about uh-huh. that guy yeah, that yeah. I just go. Him. Yeah, he's yeah. fantastic. Yes, yes. Part of me wishes Harrison Ford got his wish and he would have just been killed off before the thing was done. And that'd be kind of cool. Because uh, mm-hmm. I think that would have fit his character arc. Uh-huh. And yeah. I I like this moment in, you know, so Empire comes to a close and you kind of wonder, like, oh, what's going to happen? Like, mm-hmm. nothing is working. Sure. And yet you know that hope is on the horizon, mm-hmm. right? And those moments for me, um, I love like yeah. I've gone through dark stuff in life and I've been through hard things mm-hmm. uh, and being reminded that as hope has come in those times that if I were to face hard things in the future, like hope will come again. Uh-huh. There's this moment in Empire where you just feel hope leaving, mm-hmm. which makes me yearn for when hope comes back. And so okay. I, I love Perfect. that. Oh, awesome. Yep. OK, I like that. So that actually leads me to my next question, too, because you mentioned Han Solo. Um, I don't think I knew that about you. So that was really cool. Um, are you nervous, excited about Solo? What's your... Uh, right. Uh, we've seen a preview now. Oh, I'm so incredibly nervous because he's my favorite. Yeah. Because he's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not be nervous if it was another Luke Skywalker one because sure. he's my least favorite sure. out of all Star Wars characters because mm-hmm. he's super whiny and my yeah. kids know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I will often, if they're whining at me, I will just say back to them, Uncle Owen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they know I'm mocking Luke yeah, Skywalker. Yeah, exactly. and also them. Perfect, um, perfect, perfect, yeah. No, so I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm excited. Sure. Um, I love Donald Glover. Yes. Like, yes. out of yes. all of the people in yep. the world who do things, uh-huh. like, whether it's him doing, you know, Childish Gambino or yeah, whatever, yeah. like, yeah. I'm just all in on yeah, yeah. Uh, the glove. So, like, Have that's... you heard of uh, Childish Landino? No. Yeah, I see. Yeah, the Childish child, child Landino is a meme right now. But anyway, that's fantastic. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I will not sleep tonight. I'm going to go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's all kinds of potential in it. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be a scoundrel. Because yes. this is before he decides to be, like, uh-huh. 
one, you know, mm-hmm. uh, he he has not taken up forces yet alongside mm-hmm. the Jedi, yeah. so he be, it better be all grimy. Yeah, I'm hoping it's grimy. I think the only I, I I think a lot of people are nervous for maybe the opposite reason why I feel pretty good about it, and it's um because of the uh, change in directors and and they had to shift, and we didn't see a trailer for so so long. And I'm encouraged by that because of this movie. Rogue One that we talked yep. about is because Rogue One went through a lot of reshoots. And I think, and I said this before, I think it's my favorite Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And so if that is the case, and I, I would say even though it may not be other people's favorite, I think it was received pretty well. I know a lot of people that really liked the film. So if this hopefully follows the same track where maybe the studio is stepping in too much, maybe Kathleen Kennedy has this power trip and she's really trying to <laughs> force. But you know what? If the product is good, I don't care. If some if directors get a little offended that they couldn't have their vision, that I don't care. So that's kind of why I'm a little encouraged. Like, you know what? Maybe they went and they saw the solo movie going in a direction that they didn't like, um, that wasn't Star Wars, um, whatever that means. Um, and and yeah, so I think if I think I think it's good. I'm, don't get me wrong. I think I would have. I really want to see all these alternate cuts. I want to see the other Rogue One cut. Absolutely. I want to see this other solo cut. Well, here's a, you know, so Rogue One, uh, Jen in original cuts, people didn't like her, right? That's you're what you're I, telling yeah. me that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has this moment. It's a very save the cat kind of moment. Do you know uh, the, do you know oh, the yeah. phrase? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Blake Snyder, right, writes this book, uh, Save the Cat, about how, you know, to make a character one you want to identify with, they need to rescue something. You know, mm-hmm. she saves this little girl in the middle of a battle, right? And mm-hmm. uh, at that point, forward, you're like, oh, Jen, like, yeah, she, yeah, there yeah. is something good in her. Uh-huh. I don't want Han Solo to have a save the cat moment. Oh, okay. Because, no, okay, like, okay. no, he needs to be all in it for himself for this to be good. What if it's Chewie that he's saving? And then that's maybe a turning point, you know, because isn't that that's technically why we, we assume why they, he has owes him a life debt. Right? He owes him a life debt, but I kind of want that to be like he did it, but kind of selfishly, like um, um, oh yeah, it benefited him somehow. Yeah. Because again, like if if Han goes through the whole movie and doesn't do things that just benefit himself, mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna struggle with that being the Han Solo, who then becomes the Han Solo we come to know. Okay, later. does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, okay, no, I like it. Yeah, and I I also just like the I don't know. I like the idea of I'm hoping that um, Lando steals the show. Yes, and then maybe somehow we get another Lando spinoff or something. I don't know. I'm really I just want more Obi Wan. So because I go Han and I go Obi Wan. Okay. Like if I just have those two uh, characters all day long, I'm in. That's, that's what I was to say. To me, I want to see more Obi Wan. But here's the thing: I, I want it to be very much like, and I want Solo to be like this. Um, like I want. Um, uh, I, I don't want the prequels to be. Uh, what the prequels were. The prequels were like, oh, this is how this person ended up this way. I didn't want to see how Boba Fett was Boba Fett. I liked that Boba Fett was mysterious. However, I would have loved to have seen a younger Boba Fett just going off and doing cool things. I don't need to see... It's called the Clone Wars animated series. Yeah, okay, yeah. I don't know why you haven't watched I, I'm working yet. on this. I'm, I'm working... A lot of things have been going on, Anthony. Okay? Uh, I'm, I'm yep. like, but no, I promise. Well, now you're back in town. I can watch them now. I'm just saying. Yeah, and now I can watch them now. But those, that's what I want. I want... I want I don't want um, prequels to just be, how did these people get here? I just want to know more about them. So I'm kind of hoping Solo's like that a little bit. There could be some fan service like, oh, this is how he met Chewie. But honestly, I just want to watch the guy do Han Solo stuff yep. for a couple hours. So is there anything while we're in the shallow end that you want to say that you feel like the world needs to know about Star Wars? I will, I will just say, uh, no matter how Solo goes, mm-hmm. I will still love it. Yep. No matter how Nine goes, yep. I will still love it. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I chose a long time ago to experience the story, not decide how I would do it better. Uh, and uh, I think... Yep. You know, being being someone who you know is, is listening to the podcast and is into this idea of resisting, uh, resist that idea that you could do it better uh, uh, when yeah. it comes to a good story. Like yeah. if you just submit yourself to the story and take from it what it wants to give you, mm-hmm. you'll just enjoy life more that way. I was way. just about to say, you're probably so much happier. Probably. <laughs> yeah, Pro- yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I know I am. I know that because I don't, I don't go into a Star Wars movie asking the question, is it going to be good? Mm. I go in going, where's the popcorn? Here we go. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm just along for the ride. And I think if you can give yourself away to the story, whatever the movie is, if you give yourself away to that story mm-hmm. and not go in thinking, is it good or bad? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think you're you're just gonna experience it in a better way. I like that. I like that. it's funny. I like that. So I like where your source of joy comes from with this movie. It's it's in a different way, kind of similar to the way I, I I find joy in a lot of really bad movies, you know. And I think from a very young age, I don't know why I start every movie I ever watched. If we had it on DVD, I would watch all the special features. To me, it's like what you had to do, and I've been doing that since I was young. And so every movie I saw, whether it was a garbage movie or um, you know Citizen Kane or whatever. Um, I saw so much of the work being put into these movies. I mean, these movies are not easy. It's very rare that you know one person makes a movie. It's not a one-man show. These, there's, it's a very collaborative medium. And so I just I, I can't watch movies and think about like 
before I even see the credits, how many hundreds of people, especially in Star Wars case, almost probably thousands of people are making Star Wars. And the work put into it is so inspiring to me. Mm. And so I have a hard time walking out of a movie theater, just like watching all these, these people made something, you know what I mean? And as long as it's not like birth of a nation where it's like doing horrible things, as long as it's like a movie that's, you know, going out there and trying to entertain people that that's, I like that. You know what I mean? It's almost like a sport. Like I just watched a game and maybe the game didn't go my way, but it was still like, it was cool to see skill being portrayed. So that's why it's like, I'm, I'm much happier going into a movie knowing that like, oh, I'm going to watch some people exercise their craft. I'm just happier at the end of the day. You're right. Instead of walking in there being like, oh, I could have exercised their craft that they've been spending years of their right. life doing. I like that a lot. Awesome. Thanks, Anthony. This has been this has been awesome. This is really cool. Yeah, thanks so, for having me on, man. Anytime, man. Well, any, you're, now you're part of the resistance, so um, we can have you back on. We, we can sit here and let's just talk about Phantom Menace for, you know, or, or actually, I think Attack of the Clones is worse. Let's just talk about that for like eight hours. You want to do that? Uh, we'll do that offline, and uh, you can find that in the show notes or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's pretty probably better. You're probably safe off not doing that. So, um, but please continue to um, join us here on the Resistance Rewind. We're gonna have f- future sh- shows, um, but we really, again, we're looking for feedback from you guys. Movies that you want us to uh, to tackle, um, or maybe even topics we want to tackle, and then we'll force a movie into that narrative. Um, I'm really good at that. Um, so go ahead and email us at overthinkpod at gmail.com. Um, and go ahead and go to overthinkpod.com. We have um, that website. We have Twitter. Um, we have Facebook, Instagram, all that really good stuff. Um, and we can't, uh, we really, again, want you guys to get involved because this is a very interactive medium. Um, and uh, yeah, we'd like to, if you have any questions, we'll go ahead and read them here on air. Um, but thank you so much for joining the resistance and uh, fight on. Fight on.